0: Welcome to episode number fifty nine of Sean's Sports Show. Today we're coming at you live from the usual Los Angeles, California. Uh, today we're going to be t- uh, talking about the breaking news in sports, as well as the Los Angeles sports teams, and finally the NHL playoffs. And one thing that I do want to get out of the uh, get out of the way is uh, on episode number fifty eight, for some reason I just you know blacked out and just ended the episode too early, prematurely. Uh, I did not get a chance to cover the LA sports teams or the NHL playoffs on last night's episode, but I will cover what I missed um, on this episode after I cover the breaking news, meaning that I'm going to be covering the results of the LA sports teams from uh, yesterday, Thursday, May 3rd, and today, Friday, May 4th as well, and the NHL playoffs too. So without further ado, let's get down to it. The first thing we're going to be talking about has to do with NBA basketball. So David Fizdale uh, reportedly agreed, reached an agreement Thursday to become the New York Knicks', Knicks next head coach, according to ESPN.com's Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, Wojnarowski also reported the contract will be a four-year deal. Uh, Fizdale, who's 43 years old, years old, was hired by the Memphis Grizzlies in the 2016-17 season, leading the team to a 43-39 record. But after the team opened the 2017-18 season, just 7-12, and he was surprisingly fired, with J.B. Biggerstaff taking over as interim head coach. Um, a dispute with star center Mark Gasol perhaps uh, pre- precipitated that firing. The game before Fisdell's dismissal, the head coach benched Gasol during the fourth quarter of a loss. Quote, there was, a, there was tension between the two, Grizzlies general manager Chris Wallace said at the time, according to Ronald Tillery of the Commercial Appeal, this is a factor, but it's not the overriding factor. We talked to Mark in real time about the same time we talked to Coach Fisdell. And Gasol acknowledged he didn't handle every situation perfectly. He said, quote, I I understand that I've made some mistakes. He said in December, I understand I'm responsible for some of the things, not all the things. In any relationship, there's multiple moving pieces, not just one. Fisdell earned uh, a ringing endorsement from Miami Heat star Dwayne Wade, who called him a, quote, phenomenal coach in April. Uh, Quote, he's going to bring to a team his work ethic, a great offensive-minded coach. But as defensive principles from uh, Miami President Pat Riley has installed in every coach that's come here. Uh, Wade noted per Mark Berman of the New York Post, later adding, quote, he's a good manager of personalities. The sky's the limit for whatever organization will get him and give him the opportunity to really put his fingerprints on an organization. New York is that organization, and in Fisdale, they are getting a longtime NBA assistant who is highly regarded around the NBA, especially among the league's players. The Knicks are banking on Fisdale changing the culture and providing direction for their rebuild in the coming years. Uh, in the Big Apple, Fisdale will be the latest man to try to corral the James Dolan-led circus, but there are building blocks in place. He has a superstar and franchise cornerstone to build around in Chris Stapp's four Zingas, solid role players in Frank Nicotina, Emmanuel Moutier, and Tim Hardaway Jr., and likely a top-10 pick in this year's NBA draft. If the Knicks can attract a star-free agent this summer, as well a long shot, uh, but a possibility nonetheless, Fisdale could have this making have the makings for a playoff roster on his hands. At this point, however, developing and creating a positive culture and program around Porzingis would be a step in the right direction. So as I already said, I like the move. Um, I like the move for the for the Knicks on this one, and it's good for Fidel too. So now I'm uh, covering basketball again. Another story. When a team has the opportunity to add one of the best players in the world, most would do whatever it takes to make it happen, even if it means losing key pieces. Just look at what the Golden State Warriors did when they signed Kevin Durant two years ago. However, there are reportedly some within the Houston Rockets organization who are not sure if LeBron James would fit with the team. Sports Illustrated's Lee Jenkins revealed on uh, on the Open Floor podcast that his Rockets sources revealed they aren't positive, adding James is worth what they'd have to give up to get him. Quote, I asked a couple people in Houston about it, and there was a sort of look of why would we break this up right now? Because they know everything they would have to give up, they know how many moves they would have to make, and would they be able to preserve the same level of shooting, the same level of defense? And this is people inside the organization. How much would they have to the sacrifice of what they built as far as the way they play? Would they have to play significantly significantly differently? Not sure if LeBron James would make a team better. The same player who has gone to seven consecutive NBA finals uh, spanning two different franchises. As far-fetched as it may seem, it's a valid concern. After acquiring Chris Paul from the Los Angeles Clippers last offseason, Houston put up the best record in the NBA during the season at 65-17. and 17. That is thanks in large part uh, to Mike D'Antoni's high-powered offensive scheme, which helped the team finish second to only Golden State in scoring. NBA MVP favorite James Harden led the league in scoring with a career-high 30.4 points per game, while averaging 8.8 assists. There's no question James can score with the best of them. The question here is, can he fit in, can he fit in with the team that lives and dies by the three? The Rockets attempted a league-high 42.3 triples per game, also leading the league with 15.3 made trades per game. Shooting from deep that frequently and with success can make it tough for an opponent, not named the Warriors, to keep up. Although nobody on the team reached the 40% plateau, Houston had seven players make at least 110 three-pointers this season. James, who has not been known as an elite three-point shooter, made 149 from beyond the arc this season, knocking them knocking him down at 36.7%. At least one member of the Rockets would welcome James with open arms, Chris Paul, one of James' best friends, LeBron Jr.'s godfather, and a Bana- Banana Boat crew member. If James seriously considers Houston in free agency this summer, the Rockets will have to d- determine how much he has worked to them. Golden State had to give up Harrison Barnes, Andrew Bogut, Maurice Spates, and more from a 73-win team to clear room for Durant. It wound up leading t- to a championship in year one and has the Warriors in position to repeat. Of course, Houston's postseason could go a long way in determining just how aggressively the team will pursue James this summer. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And um, personally, I don't think Houston should go after LeBron just because of how good at the, you know they've been doing and how everything's been clicking. So, so now... Uh, Another story in the NBA. Boston Celtics swingman Jalen Brown went against doctor's orders by suiting up for his le- for his team's 108-103 game 2 win over the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday night at the TD Garden. According to MassLives.com Tom Westerholm, Brown told the team's training staff he was fine and suited up despite missing game 1 with a right hamstring injury. Uh, Brown was inlish- initially listed as doubtful Thursday morning, but that des- designation changed to probable a few hours before tip-off. He proceeded to score 13 points on 5 of 12 shooting in 25 minutes off the bench to help the Celtics take a 2-0 series lead. The scene will shift to Philadelphia for games 3 and 4 with the next tilt set to tip off at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Saturday. So that's that. Now uh, switching gears to the NFL. The, the Seattle Seahawks released defensive end Cl- Cliff Avril with a failed physical designation on Friday. Averill bid farewell to Seattle on Instagram. Quote, Thank you, 12, for making the last five years in Seattle so amazing. Your cheers on Sundays are unmatched, and you guys are by far the best fans in the NFL. Most importantly, I appreciate and value the lifelong friendships I've made. You all have supported my family, my foundation, uh, the Cliff Averill Family Foundation, and I throughout my entire tenure, and I could not have asked for more. Thank you to the entire Seahawks organization, as well as my teammates. You all made me a Pro Bowler and a Super Bowl champion. I am forever grateful. Thank you. Averill, 32 years old, landed on the injured reserve in October after he suffered a season-ending neck injury in Week 4 against the Indianapolis Colts. In January, Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll said he thought Averill would, quote, have a hard time playing football again because of the severe nature of of his injury, according to the Seattle Times' Bob Condotta. However, Averill appeared on KIROAM later that month and maintained that if he's able to work his way back to 100%, he could pursue another opportunity. Quote, as I continue to just keep chopping away, I don't want to just close the door on playing again, he said according to the News Tribune's Greg Bell. So I definitely think I can get back on the field. If it's possible, I will. But if not, I'm okay with that. As long as I'm able to uh, be a dad and being able to run around with my kids, that's number one for me right now. Avril, who was selected in the third round of the 2008 NFL Draft, was stitched together a solid decade of work that's been split between the Seahawks and Detroit Lions. After racking up 39.5 sacks over his first five seasons in Detroit, he moved to the Pacific Northwest and locked 34.5 sacks, including 11.5 during a Pro Bowl campaign in 2016. The Super Bowl 48 champion is also one of 13 players who registered at least 74 sacks from 2008 to 2017. So that's that. So now um, another story in the NFL. Carolina Panthers defensive backs coach Curtis Fuller resigned on Wednesday and on Friday the team announced he stepped down stemming from quote complaints of workplace misconduct per David Newton of ESPN.com quote after approaching uh, coach Fuller with the findings of an investigation into complaints of inappropriate conduct we accepted his resignation team spokesperson Stephen Drummond said in a statement the Panthers are deeply committed to ensuring a safe comfortable and diverse work environment where all individuals regardless of sex race color religion gender or sexual identity or orientation are treated fairly, fairly and equally. A source told Newton that Fuller's particular workplace conduct was quote inappropriate toward women. His resignation came a week after one of the women who told Sports Illustrated she was sexually harassed by team owner Jerry Richardson wrote open letters to various um, members of the organization and the NFL, including Panthers head coach Ron Rivera and Houston Texans owner Bob McNair. In the selection labeled "Dear Enablers," she wrote. To all the former and current panthers directors and upper management throughout the building who knew this was happening who witnessed it happening did you ever think to follow the policy and maybe prevent an- another female from being harassed your silence contributed to this horrible behavior by not only by not only allowing it to survive but to thrive i know some of you have daughters is this the type of work environment uh, that you would want for them fuller who's 39 years old was employed by the panthers in 2013 as a co- as a coaching assistant uh, he then served as, as a defensive assistant slash defensive backs coach in 2014, assistant special team slash Nichols coach in 2015, and assistant defensive backs slash Nichols coach in 2016 before being promoted to defensive backs coach last year for uh, Jordan Rodriguez and Joseph Person of the Charlotte Observer. So no take on, on that for me. So um, that's pretty unfortunate if it's true. Um, now switching gears back to the NBA. After reportedly hiring David Fisdale as head coach, the New York Knicks will now begin shaping their roster for 2018 and beyond. That includes the idea of bringing in LeBron James. According to Mark Berman of the New York Post, the Knicks are preparing to make a run at the Cleveland Cavaliers Superstar this summer. That comes one day after ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Fisdale had agreed to a four-year deal with New York. It's possible Fisdale was hired in part as a way to potentially draw the four-time NBA MVP to the Big Apple. Fizdale served as an assistant coach with the Miami Heat from two thousand eight to sixteen, which included the four years ten to fourteen that James spent in South Beach. James and Fizdale um, made it to two, made it to four NBA Finals together and won two championships. And their bond has remained strong even through the years. Um, so now the Knicks have brought in the man who has the respect of the Cavs legend, and just in time for his free agency, New York has was viewed as one of the as one of the potential landing spots for James back in the summer of two thousand and ten. However, he opted to team up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch and subsequently Fisdale in Miami. Should James decide to leave Cleveland this summer, Los Angeles, Houston, and Philadelphia are the cities that he has been linked to the most over the past few months. That doesn't rule out the Knicks, though. After all, he is the self proclaimed king of New York. As Berman notes, the Knicks would have to clear cap space in order to land James. It would take more than just Ennis Cantor and Kylo Quinn, both opting out of their contracts, likely having a uh, a way to, to move finding a way to move Courtney Lee. Of course, if a team has a legitimate chance to land one of the greatest players in NBA history, clearing salary is a no-brainer. James does not discuss his impending free agency publicly, so it's not clear if New York has a realistic chance to sign him. The Knicks certainly didn't hurt their chances, though, by hiring Fisdell So, this is, uh, you know, personally, I don't think he's going to go to the Knicks, but who knows, anything can happen. I'd be happy for the Knicks if it does. So now, switching gears to a sad story here. One person was confirmed dead on Friday when a bus carrying a passenger is bound for Churchill Downs struck a pedestrian in Louisville, Kentucky. According to the New York Daily News' Megan Cerullo, the bus, which was headed to the site of Saturday's Kentucky Derby, was involved in a five-vehicle collision and hit a man in his mid to late 60s who was standing in a parking lot at 7th Street and Arcade Street. Uh, citing Lieutenant uh, Colonel Josh Myers of the Chevrolet Police Department, Wave 3's Charles Gasway reported uh, quote a Miller transportation bus swerved to avoid a vehicle heading into in the opposite direction and hit the pedestrian who died at the scene. According to Gazaway, there were no injuries reported among passengers on the bus. So this is um, very unfortunate, um, just very sad. But um, at least uh, when I first heard about this, I thought it was like you know the bus driver did something stupid, but you know he he avoided a collision that would have injured people on the bus, and it's just unfortunate that by doing so, um, you know someone got injured and and eventually died. So she's very unfortunate. So now switching gears to the MLB, something that's uh, also unfortunate for this individual that I'm about to talk about, but definitely not as unfortunate as what I just finished talking about. So anyway, let's get down to it. Matt Harvey's um, you know, turbulent tenure with the New York Mets is coming to an end. General Manager Sandy Elderson told reporters the Mets will designate Harvey for assignment Saturday after he refused a request to go down to the minor leagues. Under MLB rules, a player who's designated for assignment can be traded or placed on waivers within seven days. If any team claims Harvey on waivers, he will be placed on his 40-man roster with the club, having the option to put him in the minors or on the big league team. Alderson called the move, quote, the end of an era and acknowledged Harvey's two major uh, surgeries played a significant role in his declining performance. In In a text message to ESPN's Jerry Krasnick, Harvey's agent Scott Boris is optimistic about his client's future. Quote, we're very pleased he is healthy and with more than uh, needed MLB fellow, Boris's text said. We have a lot of clay to work with to build the the starter sculpture. Per fangrups, Harvey's average fastball velocity of 92.6 miles an hour is the lowest of his career. He's also throwing the pitch um, 61.2%. That's uh, his lowest since his rookie season at 65.4. Once the toast of a dominant Mets pitching staff, Harvey has been a mess over the past three seasons. Since the start of 2016, Harvey has posted a 5.93 ERA with 254 hits allowed and 163 strikeouts in 212.1 innings. The 29-year-old has made four relief appearances since being removed from the, from the rotation after his April 19th start against the Atlanta Braves. Harvey didn't take his demotion well, per MLB.com's Anthony DeComo. Matt Harvey laughed audibly when approached by reporter uh, Anthony DeComo tweeted this, so credit to him. Uh, he said in his tweet that Matt Harvey laughed audibly when approached by reporters uh, today seeking comment about his bullpen debut. No chance, zero chance, he said. Harvey was asked why. He said, I have nothing to say to you guys. He was asked why not. I don't uh, effing want to, Harvey replied. Quote, everyone should know that we're not just going to hand out starting jobs because you're a starter, Mets manager Mickey Calloway told reporters. The Mets drafted Harvey 7th overall in 2010, and he became an instant sensation after his MLB debut in 2012. He had a 2.53 ERA with 449 strikeouts and 333 hits allowed in 65 starts from 2012 through 15, despite, despite missing all of 2014 after Tommy John surgery, despite Harvey's recent, uh, recent struggles, a team in need of a starting pitcher could take a chance that he'll bounce back with a change of scenery. He's still young enough to be an effective arm. If a, if a coaching staff can figure out what has gone wrong with him. So that's that, um, uh, unfortunate for him, uh, Looks like he had a bit of an ego and didn't want to, you know, go to the bullpen at first and didn't want to go to the minors. I think the Mets were just tired of dealing with him, and I think they made the right move, personally. So now switching gears back to the NBA. Philadelphia 76ers point guard Ben Simmons said on Friday he received a call from Sixers legend Allen Iverson with, quote, words of encouragement after the rookie scored only one point in the team's five-point loss to the Boston Celtics on Thursday night. Ian Begley of VSPN.com shared Simmons' comments about his conversation with AI. Quote, he just said, play the game I know how to play, Simmons said, and that's just second nature to me. He gave me some words of encouragement. The 21-year-old Australian native missed all four of his shots from the field and recorded five turnovers as the 76ers fell behind 2-0 in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Simmons tallied 18 points, seven rebounds, and six assists in Game 1. 16-point loss, but he turned the ball over seven times and had four fouls in that contest the series uh, shifts to the Wells Fargo Center in Philly for the next two games starting Saturday The Sixers will need much improved play from the rookie of the year contender to make a comeback in the series and not have their um, And not have their uh, season end. So now uh, switching gears to the NFL Ben Roethlisberger doesn't appear to be pleased the Pittsburgh Steelers selected a quarterback in the third round of the 2018 NFL draft During a Friday appearance on Pittsburgh's 93.7 The Fan, Roethlisberger expressed his his dismay at the addition of Mason Rudolph. Quote, I was surprised they took a QB because I thought maybe in the third round you can get some really good players that can help this team win now. Nothing against Mason. I think he's a great player. I don't know him personally, but I'm sure he's a great kid. I just don't know how backing up or being the third, who knows where he's going to fall in in the depth chart, but help us win now. Um, But that's not my decision to make. That's all the coaches and the the GM and the owner. I feel like he can help our team so so." I feel like he can help our team, so be it, but I was a little surprised. Regarding Rudolph's comment that it isn't up to Roethlisberger to mentor him, the Steelers' the starting quarterback said, if he asks me a question, I might have to point to the playbook. So, I, I don't like this move at all by Roethlisberger. I think I think he needs to be welcoming to Rudolph, considering that Roethlisberger's days are almost numbered, in my opinion, in Pittsburgh and in the NFL. So, I never liked Roethlisberger. He's a tremendous player, but I just don't like him as a person. He seems like a uh, just not a pleasant guy, not a nice guy. Uh, much like Matt Harvey, who I just talked about, uh, they should go. Out, they should go out for dinner. Uh, they have a lot in common, and um, you know, big egos. So, and it's just, it's just, it's just not, not cool. How how would Ben feel if he was the rookie and, and the, the veteran guy would 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 say this stuff though? Oh, if he asks me a question, I'm gonna point him to the blade to the playbook. It's ridiculous Like, grow up I mean, come on you're an NFL starting quarterback that's a veteran you're you're not a, you're not a drama queen so it's just ridiculous in my opinion so now switching gears back to basketball LeAngelo Ball is not listed among the 69 players who will, who who will attend the 2018 NBA draft combine in Chicago between May 6th to 20th Yahoo Sports' champs Cherenia first reported the full list of attendees, which is headlined by Duke forward Marvin Bagley III, Texas center Mohamed Bamba, Alabama guard Colin Sexton, and Missouri swingman Michael Porter Jr. S- setting a source close to ball, Alonzo Wires' Josh, Mar- Josh Martin reported Le'Angelo was not invited but still tends to work out for teams privately before the NBA draft on June 21st. He will also reportedly attend the Pro Basketball Combine at IMG Academy on May 22nd and 23rd. LiAngelo, who left UCLA following a shoplifting scandal in China, spent the last few months in Lithuania playing for Vitaitos Prienu alongside his younger brother Lamelo. Over the course of 15 games, Ball averaged 12.9 points and 3.1 rebounds, while shooting 42.5% from the field and 40.7% from three. And while he he has reportedly scouted by the Los Angeles Lakers, who employs his brother Alonso, according to Lithuanian journalist Dantas Gerbonas, every indication to this point uh, suggests he will go undrafted on June 21st. According to ESPN's uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, Ball has, quote, uh, no chance to be one of the top 60 players selected at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. He's not on any of our scouting lists, even the extended list, to one NBA general manager told Wojnarowski. So, um, this is, It's pretty unfortunate. The guy seems like he's working hard. He should have stayed at UCLA. LeVar didn't want to wait because he had had to probably sit out half the season before he was eligible to play because of his shoplifting incident. So it's unfortunate. Uh, I think he has a chance of making the NBA. I think he's kind of underrated in my opinion. He's kind of... Let me get this straight. My opinion is... It's interesting because he's kind of overrated and underrated and I say this because... He gets so much attention because the Ball family—they're so they're, they're the Kardashians of basketball—and but the thing is, LiAngelo, between his uh, between the three kids, him, Lamelo, and Lonzo—he's always been, in the whole life. He's always been the one that's been overlooked. So he's, in my opinion, he's kind of overrated because of all the hype that surrounds him. So anytime he does something good, he gets very overhyped. But the thing is, a lot of the things he does behind the scenes aren't really shown at the same time since he's so overlooked. Compared to his uh, two other brothers, so people don't really know about him and what he's doing. So should be interesting to see how this works out for him. I hope he makes the NBA, but if not, he, he can always play uh, a year in his dad's JBA league (Junior Basketball Association). His brother Lamelo is already playing; um, he's already playing for Team Los Angeles, and they're gonna. Uh, the, the first game is uh, at Citizens Bank Arena, so LeAngelo can play a year in the JBA. And they try to get drafted in twenty nineteen. I mean, he's already ineligible for college. Him and Lamelo are both ineligible for college since they both play professional basketball in Lithuania. So, JBA is their choice. JBA, NBA, G League, whatever may, it may be, or some some another stint overseas. So, that's that. I'm not covering an- another story in basketball. San Antonio Spurs assistant Becky Hammond will reportedly interview with the Milwaukee Bucks to fill their head coaching vacancy. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported the update Friday and noted Hammond is set to become the first female to interview to be an NBA head coach. Fellow Spurs assistant James Borrego is also being added to the Bucks' group of interviewees per Wojnarowski. The 41-year-old South Dakota native joined the Spurs staff in 2014 after a 16-year playing career that featured six WNBA All-Star selections and two All-WNBA first-team nods. She became the NBA's first full-time female assistant when San Antonio hired her and the first female head coach of a summer league team in 2015. Hammond proceeded to guide the Spurs' developmental players to the 2015 Las Vegas Summer League Championship. The Bucks previously contacted her during their search for a new general manager in June. Last month, Hammond told Louisa Thomas of The New Yorker she doesn't want to get hired because of her gender. Quote, if you don't want a female coach, don't hire one. She said before adding, if you want to hire somebody who's qualified and will do a good job, then maybe you should consider me. She also explained to Thomas that she turned down an offer from the University of Florida to lead its women's team and removed her name from consideration to become head coach of Colorado State men's team because she's happy learning from San Antonio head coach Greg Popovich. If you're interested in cars, it's like Henry Ford coming in saying, hey, why don't I teach you about the Model T? Hammond said. Borrego, 41 years old, is his second stint as a Spurs assistant. He was on the staff from 2003 to 2010 before leaving to join the New Orleans Hornets for two seasons. A four-year stay in Orlando included 30 games as the Magic's interim coach in 2015. He then returned to San Antonio for the 2015-16 season. He's been one of the most mentioned names as part of the coaching carousel in recent weeks, having been linked to the Charlotte Hornets and Phoenix Suns, as well as the New York Knicks, before they hired David Fisdale. If either is hired by the Bucks, they will inherit an intriguing roster led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, and Jabari Parker, Brandon Jennings, as well. So, can't forget him. So now uh, another story in the NBA. Uh, this is going to be uh, covering today's game. Playoff game. Golden State Warriors, Warriors forward Draymond Green said Friday that he hasn't instigated any interaction with New Orleans Pelicans point guard Rajon Rondo during the team's Western Conference semifinal series. Sports Illustrated provided Green's comments about the situation after the Pelicans secured a 119-100 win in Game Three at the Smoothie King Center. Rondo was called for technical fouls during the contest after it appeared he intentionally stepped on Green's foot when they were both walking toward the sideline. The Warriors forward has gained the reputation as an agitator throughout the NBA, throughout his NBA career, which he acknowledged Friday, but he stated that's not the case in this instance. Game 4 is set for Sunday afternoon in New Orleans with the Warriors up 2-1 in the series. So now covering the result of this game, uh, the Pelicans made a statement. Returning home get, got the New Orleans Pelicans back on track with a dominant 119-100 victory over the Golden State Warriors in Game 3 of their Western Conference semi-final matchup on Friday night. Anthony Davis led New Orleans' offensive attack with a double-double consist, consisting of 33 points and 18 rebounds. Following a strong return to the lineup in Game 2, Stephen Curry showed some rust in, in this loss. He finished with 19 points on just 6 of 19 shooting and had more turnovers 3 than assists 2. The Pelicans were in uh, must-win territory after dropping the first two games in this series at Oracle Arena, they lost five of six games against the defending NBA champions, including the regular season, and were swept out of the playoffs by Golden State three years ago. New Orleans' win uh, is is the swing and momentum it needed heading into Game 4 at the Smoothie King Center on Sunday. The Pelicans took control early, jumping out to a 15-point lead in the second quarter. They were on fire from three-point range, hitting 10 to their 16 attempts behind the arc picking up where they left off in each of the first two games, Rajon Rondo and Draymond Green were ant- antagonizing each other less than 5 minutes into the into the into the game. It was uh, it it was that Golden State's offense was out of sorts. Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson combined for 33 of their 56 first half points, but the team shot just 43.8% overall. Durant and Thompson had just 15 points in the second half. Thompson was doing his best to keep the Warriors close with 20 points in the second quarter alone. Despite the Warriors' first half struggles, they were only down 6 at 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 the halftime. Rather than fold, the Pelicans responded by outscoring the Warriors 30-19 to 19 in the third quarter to open up a 17-point advantage. They also stole the Warriors' formula with 36 assists on 48 made field goals to win the game. Offensive balance was huge for New Orleans in, in the win. The trio of Davis, Nikola Mirotic, and Drew Holiday led the way with 70 combined points. Ian Clark scored 18 in 22 minutes off the bench. Uh, per the Athletics' Clevis Murray, Rondo did something that no, no one has done in a playoff game in seven years. Rajan Rondo is the first player with at least 20, point, 20 assists in a playoff game since himself back in 2011. At 32, he's the oldest player to do such since Steve Nash, 33 years old, in 2007. One notable, notable disparity in the series has come at the free throw line. The Warriors have 98 attempts from the charity stripe compared to just 32 for the Pelicans. It didn't hurt New Orleans in this game, but it's something head coach Alvin Gentry will have to, have to be mindful as this series continues. Uh, based on Thompson's reaction from the bench, the Warriors don't seem too concerned about only having a two-one series lead. There are reasons uh, for Golden State to be optimistic despite, despite Friday's setback. It seemed inconceivable this team will shoot thirty-eight percent and go nine of thirty-one from the three-point line again. Warriors head coach Steve Kerr will have to tighten up his defense, which has allowed the Pelicans to increase their scoring output in every game this series. This is a Golden State team that has been vulnerable at various points this year, including a rough seven-and-ten uh, stretch to end the season. The Pelicans needed to make a statement on their home court, and they did not disappoint. Their next test will will be to turn around in 48 hours with the same intensity and efficiency to even things up at two games apiece, and it should be interesting to see if they can do that or not. So now switching gears to MLB baseball. uh, Los Angeles Angels first baseman Albert Pujols became the 32nd player in Major League Baseball history to register 3,000 hits when he laced off a single off Seattle Mariners starting pitcher Mike Leake in the fifth inning of Friday's game. Pujols is the first player to join the 3,000-hit club since Texas Rangers first baseman Adrian Belcher did so last July. His accomplishment also means a player has made his way into the exclusive fraternity four years in a row. Alex Rodriguez registered his 3,000th hit with a solo home run versus the Detroit Tigers in 2015, while Ichiro Suzuki reached the plateau when he uh, ripped a triple against the Colorado Rockies in 2016. Quote, to get that number is going to be really special. It's something you don't aim for or focus on, but when you're this close, you're like, wow, that's a lot of hits. Pujols told ESPN.com's Jerry Krasnick. An 18-year veteran, Pujols is also looking to become the fourth player in MLB history with at least 600 career home runs, 3,000 hits, and 2,000 RBIs. The other three are Alex Rodriguez, Hank Aaron, and Willie Mays. If you told me 17 years ago when I was drafted by the Cardinals that I would have had a career like this, I would have laughed at you in the face. Pujols said per USA Today's Bob Nightingale, What a journey I've had. And you know what? It's not over yet. While Pujols pursues more milestones in the months ahead, Detroit Tigers first baseman Miguel Cabrera and uh, Seattle Mariners second baseman Robinson Cano will will set their sights on trying to become the next members of the 3,000-hit club. Cabrera is sitting on 2,666 hits, while Cano has registered 2,408 with plenty more to come in his estimation. I know if I stay healthy and I can play for the next six years healthy, I can do it, Cano said, according to the Associated Press's Stephen Hawkins, but I know there are too many hits left. I don't think... I've got together i go step by step and play the season and see how it goes and play the next and see how it goes and see how close you get so that's that now uh, the last story break in breaking news another story in baseball the los angeles dodgers used four pitchers in a 4-0 combined no-hitter over the san diego san diego padres on friday night in the in their first in the first uh, regular season game played in mexico since 1999 led, led by six strong innings from eight strikeouts and three walks from rookie phenom walker buehler the Dodgers became the second team this season to throw a no-no. Sean no. Mania of the Oakland Athletics threw a no-hitter against the Boston Red Sox on, on April 21st. When Bueller was taken out after throwing 93 pitches, Tony Singrani, Yumi Garcia, and Adam Libertor finished the job over the, over the final three uh, innings. The Quartet had 13 strikeouts and 5 walks in the win. Um, per MLB Pipeline, the, the, the Bueller's outing on Friday is only the third of its kind since, since 1908. Among the uh, the reasons Dodger manager Dave Roberts likely likely removed Bueller from the game, his season-high 94 pitches came in his last outing against the San Francisco Giants on April 28th. Per Bill Shaken of the Los Angeles Times, Roberts has a history of uh, take, of taking starters, starters uh, with high pitch counts during no-hit bids. However, this is the first time Los Angeles' relievers were able to finish the job in those three instances. It also extended the franchise's all-time lead in no-hitters thrown. For Anthony Anthony DeComo, Dodgers no-hitter capped off a memorable day across baseball. Even though it's still early, things have been rough for the Dodgers this season. Two-fifths of their starting rotation is injured with Rich Hill and Hyunjin Ryu on the disabled list. All-star shortstop Corey Corey Seager needs Tommy John surgery and will miss the remainder of the season. Justin Turner has yet to play in 2018 after suffering a broken wrist during spring training. Friday's combined all-hitter doesn't erase all of those problems, but it's a nice stepping stone for the Dodgers to get their season back on track. Bueller is a promising 23-year-old starter who has a 1.13 ERA and three starts after Friday's win. He's a foundation piece for the reigning National League champions to build around. So this is pretty awesome in my opinion. Um, So there's another NBA playoff result that I did not get to that I forgot to cover that I will do so right now. The Houston Rockets destroyed the Utah Jazz today. In Game Three, by a score of one thirteen and ninety two, um, the Rockets take a two one lead. They controlled the game from the beginning to end. And the next game is a Sunday at five p.m. In game four in U- in Utah. So that's that. Now we're going to be covering the Los Angeles sports teams from uh, yesterday, yesterday Friday, or excuse me, yesterday uh, Thursday, May third, and uh, as well as um, today, Friday, May fourth. So we're going to be starting with the Dodgers, who uh, starting with on Thursday, uh, the Dodgers beat the Arizona Diamondbacks by a score of five to two. So they they got the split with Arizona and they snapped Arizona's uh, you know nine game series uh, you know, winning streak. And uh, today, as I covered, the Dodgers beat the San Diego Padres four zero in Mexico. So the Dodgers have now won three straight after going on a losing streak. The Dodgers now improved to fifteen and seventeen. And the Padres fall to 11 and 22 the Dodgers next game is tomorrow at 4:10 p.m. against the San Diego Padres and the game will be broadcasted locally on SportsNet LA locally in San Diego and Fox Sports San Diego and nationally on Fox Sports 1 I believe that game is in Mexico Monterrey Mexico as well so now taking a look at the uh, National League West standings uh, the Dodgers are currently two games behind the San Francisco Giants for third place Two and a half games behind the Colorado Rockies for second place, and six games behind the Arizona Diamondbacks for first place. The Arizona Diamondbacks were also held to only one hit, and after starting off red hot, they've lost three straight. The Diamondbacks are five and five in their last ten. The Dodgers, after uh, you know, winning winning uh, three in a row, are now four and six in their last ten. While the Giants, excuse me, while the Padres fall to three and seven in their last ten, and the Giants are doing pretty good, seven and three in their last ten. Best. Uh, a record in the last 10 games among National League West teams, even though they're still third in the NL West. And Rockies are 6-4 and four in their last 10. So that's that. Now covering the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, the Angels uh, yesterday destroyed the Baltimore Orioles by a score of 12-3. to So they sweep the Orioles after getting swept themselves by the Yankees. So they're on a three-game winning streak coming into today. And today they blanked the Seattle Mariners by a score of 5-0. And Pujols got his 3,000th hit. So the Angels now improved to twenty and twelve, and the Mariners fell to eighteen and thirteen. So now taking a look at the AL West standings, uh, the Angels are in first place now. Um, Actually, they're tied for first place with the Houston Astros. The reason why they're tied now is because the um, the Astros, well, you know, they just have the same record. So the Angels are six and four in their last ten. While taking a look at the other teams, the Athletics and Rangers uh, and Astros are five and five in their last ten. While the Mariners or 7-3 in their last 10. And at the same time, the Mariners are only one and a half game behind the Astros and Angels for first place, so don't look now. But um, that's that. And uh, the Angels' next game is tomorrow at 6.10 uh, p.m. against the Seattle Mariners, broadcasted locally on Fox Sports West. And uh, that's that. Now covering the LA, LA Galaxy. Their next game is tomorrow at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, 8.30 Eastern against the Houston Dynamo. It's a big game for the Galaxy. I hope they get the win. And LAFC's next game is tomorrow at twelve fifty-five PM, um, Pacific, three fifty-five PM Eastern against FC Dallas. So um, that's that. Uh, now covering the uh, that's all we have for the LA sports uh, results and matchups. Now covering the NHL playoffs, uh, starting with uh, the on uh, Thursday, May third. The Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Washington Capitals by a score of three to one, so that series is now tied at two. And uh, the Nashville Predators upset the Winnipeg Jets at home. That series by a score of two to one, and that uh, series is also uh, tied two two. And now, covering today's results, the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Boston Bruins by a score of four to three in overtime. And now, Tampa Bay has a commanding three one lead. I'm Going back to Tampa Bay to try to win it in Game Five and in, uh, in uh, advance of the Eastern Conference Finals. And um, also the Vegas Golden Knights beat the San Jose Sharks by a score of 5-3. And now the Knights take a 3-2 series lead. Uh, Game 6 now shifts to San Jose. Uh, San Jose uh, tries to force a Game 7 and and avoid elimination. While Vegas looks to clinch the series in six games and advance to the Western Conference Finals in their first season as an NHL team. So that's pretty crazy. And uh, that's all we have for this episode of Sean's Sports Show. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate all the support. Uh, Tomorrow's episode... Will be released uh you know on Saturday, May 5th, 2018, Cinco de Mayo and my dad's 50th birthday. Uh, at around it'll be released at 10:45 p.m. Pacific time, uh 1.45 a.m. Eastern Time. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate all the support. All the other episodes of Sean Sports Show, including this one, are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, and Google Play. So check those out. And uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, add me on Facebook. You can also subscribe to my podcast on iTunes as well as rated five stars on iTunes, or rated anything on iTunes. I appreciate all the support, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening.